this is that other sports show. Let's go. It's another exciting episode of that other sports show. We're back, guys, and we got lots to cover, especially if you're a mixed martial arts fan, because UFC 290 is right around the corner, and it is probably the hottest card of the year thus far. And there's been a few bangers out there, and even uh, not last week's UFC Fight Night, but a couple weeks ago had some UFC Fight Night cards that it, we thought was going to be mid in the some bangers on those cards but this card is loaded with superstar talent true to life superstars loaded on this card we're going to talk about ufc 290 we're also going to talk about last week's sean strickland maga uh, magadamada fight and and i also want to throw in a little bit of love Keith Lee or kevin lee kevin lee who he he heroically charged back into the ufc just to lose in very dramatic fashion and get cut like the next day. So we're going to talk about a little Kenley stuff. Motown, really not back again. He's now gone again. Uh, and then, of course, <laughs> voice NBA the stuff. Yeah, you like that? You like I that? that? I fucking love that. I love it, man. Gotta... It, it's a hey, it's Freedom Weekend. Fourth of oh, July shit. is tomorrow. We're ready to rock and roll. We want to get this show done for you guys so you have little listening tunes to listen to. While you're driving to the beach, while you're driving to Auntie's house, while you're driving while to you're on that yacht. for that boat. While you're on that yacht. No, we, yeah. have, we have high class, high society, Rolex wearing level listeners. And when you're on that yacht, yeah. you listen to this overlooking the Pacific or the Atlantic. Shout out to you. You know what? It's all about that Gucci, baby. Like the young kids say these days. It's all Gucci, and that's what today's show is all about. It's that high-end stuff, man. Uh, NBA trades, not so much, although we will bring up Damian Lillard, of course, because button topic right now. And then as far as the rest of NBA free agency stuff is concerned, from what I see, it's been more stuff and overpaying some dudes, and, and some dudes getting paid well. To just sit back and be roll, guys. AR-15, I see you got paid, bro. I see you got paid, bro. The Lakers like you. So without further ado, we will get to the show. But first, I got to introduce to you my boy. Holding it down 132 degrees right now. He's probably on fire. It's a flops in a tank top. In a, in, and let me guess. It's a it's a Golden State Warriors tank top, too, by the way. I, I'm, I'm guessing that right now. Mr. Jason Valdez. It's a Cody and Brandy Rhodes tank top. Woo! But uh, I do have American a Nightmare. This is a Bullet Club, more Bullet Club Cody, black hair Cody. So, Ooh, if, I like it. I if like it's it. got Brandy on it, you know it's got to be a, more of the throwback Bullet Club ROH Cody level. But you are accurate. It is 132 degrees. You are accurate. I have flip flops. You are accurate. I am under both. The AC, where the AC box shoots down on you, but also under the tail end of the fan that's above me. So I am getting, I am trying to stay as cool as possible 
while we do this show. I just had an enormous meal, so I'm trying not to drink my bang yet. Um, I'm on vacation today, so I don't really need it um, for work is usually when I'm trying to get that bang in right now. So not only for the pod, but for my second leg of working. Uh, today, I just got a little bit of water here, so we'll see. We'll see if the energy drops. We'll see if, if Jess ends up being, uh, he ends up being my LeBron and I just ended up being his D-Wade. And I'm just, I'm just riding his coattails. We we shall see. But Jess, I'm feeling good. Uh, how is the weather out there, my friend? It's beautiful right now. It's beautiful. It's been about 80, 85 degrees all week. Uh, I just got back from Las Vegas. It was all 80, 85 degrees there. Uh, Las Vegas is a crazy place. It is easy place and uh though had a great time didn't lose any spent all my money on good eating and just stuff for the fam little trinkets and knickknacks and uh spent a ton of time out by the pool getting that fresh tan look on this fresh tan dad bod you know what i mean that's how we roll jay any plans for fourth of july i know you're a big barbecue guy you love the, the smoked meat tell me what's going on that's it. That's really it. I got some chicken that I'm going to smoke. I got a tri-tip I'm going to smoke. And I picked up something else. Uh, oh, some shrimp. I picked up some of those uh, shrimp oh, on the body, yes. if you will. Some preloaded shrimp on a stick that are already seasoned. But I'm going to keep it light and tight here. It's it's not like I used to do back in the day, you know, five, seven, ten years ago when I was just taking my kids to the ballpark every year, you know, go to a Fresno Grizzly game watch a fireworks at the end of the year with me moving out to the country. Now with me being away from the city, the fireworks that go on out here, they started uh, Sunday night and then there will probably be some tonight. There will definitely be some Tuesday night. And then whatever is remaining will be shot off Wednesday night. So I'm basically, I'm basically doing two things for 4th of July. One, I'm watching free fireworks and, of course, grilling and chilling. Two, I am watching my dog because my dog flips the fuck out over fireworks. He will pin himself in the bathroom and he will not come out. Yeah, he will not come out of the bathroom. So it kind of sucks because I'm sure you've seen here, Jess, I have two dogs now. One dog doesn't give a shit about fireworks. Like she, she sleep through them. She's she'll been sleep around. No, she's the pup. She, it's oh. the opposite. She's, I don't know if it's because she's a pup. She hasn't been rattled by fireworks or some shit. But like the the first few nights of fireworks, while one dog is cowering, the, the old dog is cowering. The pup is just sleeping. She's just fucking knocked out. So yeah, yeah, it makes no sense to me. Maybe that changes. Time will tell. But uh, yeah, I um. I'm going to be doing some fucking, let me make sure that my dog is okay. Let me make sure my dog has water. Let me make sure my dog is not uh, just shitting all over the bathroom walls <laughs> and the floor because uh, you, know, you had the Clorox disinfectant wipes and the fucking, the, the Clorox disinfectant spray on deck just ready to fucking take down any potential stains on the wall and on the floor. You got to protect your home, even we from dog, even from dog poop. Home. 
We just cannot. You don't want to devalue your own shit, man. Listen, you, <laughs> you as you know, Jess. When you're renting, it's like whatever. It's not my property. When you're own, it's like all right. I'm I'm here with the disinfectant wipes. This is getting picked up. This 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 shit is hot and fresh because it's not gonna be sitting around for an hour or two getting hard, <laughs> collecting dust, getting stale. I got a hot, warm, fucking shit, dog shit, right in my hands, and this Clorox in this Clorox wipe just ready to fucking be dumped be disposed um so yeah that's my plan bro i think it'll be beautiful though because with the lay of the land again i just sit up chairs in my backyard and look straight up i don't have to look a certain angle because they are firing from every fucking angle they are coming from everywhere so shout out to everyone who lives in the county shout out to people who live out in large areas hopefully your homes your roofs don't catch on fire. Hopefully you got a, a hose on deck to keep your shit nice and moist just in case. Uh, Jess, what are you doing? What do you got cooking? Uh, the fam and I are going to go to the coast. The coast has several spots out here on the Oregon coast where they do huge fireworks shows. We're going to go to one section of that and watch one show. Uh, but we're heading out this evening, and uh, that way we can go catch a little. I'm going to barbecue a little bit on the beach. I'm yeah. going to, you know, we're going to sit around, catch some sun. My my son loves water. Like he's a water. He's always been a water kid, yeah. water baby, water young, you know, child, water young adult. And so he's going to go out there and spend all his time out in the ocean. Uh, hopefully, no sharks come and eat him because if one does, I'm not saving him because it's a fucking shark and yeah, I'm not going anywhere near a shark. So, land. You're gonna God bless you, time. kid. Like, you know, it was a good 15 years, but you had a good run. Uh, um, and then we're going back and just uh, chilling in the hotel tomorrow night is the big fireworks show. They kind of have like an island inlet, mm. it's really cool. So, they just go out there on their boats and they take all the fireworks out there, yeah, and then they set them all up. And then you know, like dusk hits, and then boom, they start just launching shit yeah. in the sky, and it's beautiful. And I'm expecting there to be like a a large crowd, which I am not a fan of, but you know, no. that's just the way that's just the way things go. You know, you yeah, go to a fireworks show, a, it's this, a big crowd. Gonna, this is a problem with our local lakes, is they do the same thing, but it's the showing up. Because if you're not there at like 9 a.m., you're not getting a primo seat and uh, leaving. Because when oh, you're trying Lord. to leave, you're trying to leave with the other, I don't know, 50,000 people that all showed up in their fucking cars and have been drinking all day. So yeah. uh, I, I, I stay away from the lakes. And again, I'm, I'm very fortunate. When, when we first moved into this home, I was told... You'll never have to go to a fireworks show on the Fourth of July, and I thought that's funny. And then I and then I've seen it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, we don't have to go anywhere for Fourth of July. We just we do this. My buddy hit me up, and he's like, hey, I'm gonna cruise by your house. I got this free box of fireworks for my job, and I'm like, give that shit to somebody else because we don't need it. We got enough shit here for free as is. We just look straight up. Free fireworks, man. There's nothing. Hey, look, man. There's nothing better than free, okay? If you're getting something for free, accept it's free, it. it's for me. And when it comes when it comes to fireworks, if you got a free fireworks show, hey, ain't nothing better than that. You can just sit back there, and like you said, just grill and chill, hang out with the family. 
pass out meat and beverages and just enjoy the night. That's the best. This is the best thing for you. There's no driving is the best part. I don't have to worry oh, about yeah. being on the road or anything like that. Once every, you know, it's just the show ends when I want the show to end. It's like, you know, what? No, it's nine o'clock and I'm tired and I do have to work tomorrow. So I'm going to fucking shut it down. Yeah. Good thing for me is that, so my job, I rarely get a holiday off. It's all dependent on whatever Mm -hmm. days off you happen to be able to get. And so I haven't had a 4th of July off in probably five years. Jesus. This year I have today and tomorrow off. So I'm going to go enjoy myself and enjoy the festivities. I don't get out very often on the holidays. So there I've, uh, for example, I've worked, uh, in my job for nine years now. And in nine years, I have not had a Christmas day off. So, yeah. Um, and Jeff, my uh, my corporate ass took Friday, Saturday, yeah. <laughs> Sunday, Monday. Tuesday. See, that's that's the best thing. Like, I can just live vicariously through <laughs> through you being a corporate man and I being like, oh, I'm just gonna take this random day I'm off and stuff. Taking it all off. <laughs> I'm I love it. I'm sorry, guys. I'm <laughs> out of here. I'll fucking see you around the fourth. Oh my gosh. Send shout me out to America. You guys, hey, are, listen, you guys are awesome. Shout out to Fortune 50 companies because if we didn't have you, you wouldn't have guys like me able to take this podcast today. <laughs> and guess we're already 10 minutes deep. We're talking yes. shit. We're celebrating America. We're celebrating the 4th of July. We love America. We love the red, white, the blue. We love the red and the yellow, Hulk Hogan colors. We listen. What you going to do, brother? Life. We're about that life, Jess. Speaking of big, strong individuals that put that put themselves in a squared circle, let's talk a little bit of combat sports, Jess. Let's talk a little bit of UFC. I've got the week's card up. I've got 290 up. I do want to spend a moment on the Sean Strickland fight because I watched that fight. I did not watch any of the other fights from this week's UFC. I did not see our boy, the Motown Phenom fight. I heard it was competitive. So I will let you talk about that. Um, I, wa- I listen, they had, uh, <clears throat> what was it? Uh, Money in the Bank, UFC, and AEW Collision on in Oof. the same day. And there was heavyweight boxing. Uh, and Twitter decides to go, hey, we're, we're going to take a shit and become shitty for a weekend. Uh, Shout out to Elon for figuring that for figuring it's this still being shitty. Work. I can't send any tweets out right now. I don't right get the second. rate limits, but now it's like they're just telling me, like they're just like secretly saying, "Oh, hey, guess what? We're gonna send all your tweets to your draft pile." Thanks a lot, yeah. Elon. I thought we were boys, Elon. Elon, you know Hands, what? You motherfucker. The, the problem on. is this: just like how HBO Max has suckered me in to paying that extra money and now I'm paying 20 bucks for HBO Max. I'm going to get suckered into paying for Twitter because it's truly my That's where I'm headed to. Of news. It's my source of news and I was thinking about you Jess. Now we're again going to go on a completely different fucking tangent and this shows that I have no sports in it this week. Sorry guys. <laughs> I was thinking about you this weekend. So when Twitter starts to take a shit, what I did was I started going back to Reddit and I started using Reddit. Ah. Did you, by any chance, when Twitter started taking a shit, go to Reddit or you you said, fuck it, I'm not using anything? What did you do? No, actually, I did read it up quite a bit. My 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 boys down here, uh, huge Reddit guys, and they, we, they, when I would send a tweet via text to my group chat, now all of a sudden they don't show up. Yep. 
Twitter. That's or universal now. That's universal now. So Any that, group that, chat in the world. that right there is real shitty because we used to be able to see the like you know at least a part of the post or a picture yeah. or whatever, kind of know what's going on. Now it's like well, something you happens, hit the you link and the hope tweet. it's not a scam or something. So uh, my that, boys yes. started. They started sending Reddit posts. And you know, you gotta again, click on it has a shit ton of information out there. A lot. Yes, the worst part of this whole thing too. So let's let's use a, an example from a few weeks ago. Let's say Tina Turner dies on that day. I can take that tweet and send it to my mom, and my mom is just gonna see a tweet from you know Variety that says a uh, RollingStone.com that says Tina Turner has died. There it is. There's the confirmation. That's gone now. They took that. Yeah. That is a fucking bad move. But uh, you know what I did, Jess? With all the Dame stuff, which happened to be going on that day, I just went to Reddit, NBA, set it to the most recent post, and just kept refreshing that bitch every five minutes because people were, were reposting Woj tweets and people were reposting Sham tweets. So, uh, Elon, I love you, but you can go fuck yourself on that one. I'm just going to go to Reddit. And I'm gonna fucking see people reposting your tweet, the tweets, and yeah, I don't need Twitter, and I can exceed my limits. I don't need to give a fuck because I can just, just keep refreshing Reddit. That's where you fucked yourself. But you I'm gotta- just saying for all you listeners out there, if you happen to be checking through Twitter one day with your 600 view limits, and you pass that other sports show at Team Toss 21, and you see a little blue check mark, just know that that's probably the reason why. Okay, I'm just just letting you guys know right now i was gonna actually i was thinking if i pay for the for that team toss maybe i can look at the six thousand instead of the 600 <laughs> baby hey if, if team toss is paid for we both have access to it so we both get six thousand views no oh no i think that we have to split it so once you hit three thousand, you have to immediately log off texting <laughs> me let me know that i can now read three thousand one on Hey, oh, uh, let's let's get off of Twitter I'm real sorry, quick. I'm let's sorry. get on to some okay. fights. Mo- the Motown phenom, Jess. Here's the reason was, this guy. Here's the reason this horrible. guy got cut. Here's the reason this guy got cut, Jess. Because he said right before the fight started, "Yeah, fighting this apex is cool, and I'm glad to be back. However, it just ain't the same as fighting in front of I don't know thirty thousand salivating fight fans. It's just not the same. And even any he, he fucking." punchlines it by saying you know I, I don't have a problem fighting in front of all you rich motherfuckers in blind you know guys like uh, who's Elon's arch nemesis now who's the Facebook guy Zuckerberg because I, I, I know Zuckerberg's rolling around yeah. there and I'm sure the tickets I'm sure what he's implying are the tickets are a lot more expensive because a lot less access but uh, I think that's part of the reason he got cut. That and the fight wasn't that great. Give me some thoughts on this fight. No, the fight was the fight didn't even last one minute. Uh, he, uh, him, and uh, um, Kedinov, or whatever his name is, uh, we'll call him Renat. Is his first name Renat? He they just kind of stormed in, threw a couple punches, clipped him, knocked him down, uh, jumped on top of uh, Phenom, and quickly secured a guillotine choke and put his ass to sleep literally oh no to sleep fifth first round submission he looked uh i mean i don't even know how he looked i can't even say i can't say he was yeah. unprepared because he just got caught so fast got and, it. No, that's uh, how he lost the fight 
That's really shout out to Renat for coming out and just saying, "Hey, look, like I know that this dude is a dangerous guy." Because let's be real, Kevin Lee has some power in those. He's got pop in the gloves, and he's been around the fight game for a while. So if you're going to fight a dude who's like that, you got to kind of jump on him first. And he did exactly that. He came out, stormed the cage, didn't give Lee any breathing room whatsoever. Gave him a couple threes, knocked him down, secured the submission win. So I watched. Uh, three fights here. I want, and we won't spend any time on them. But I did watch the Ferreira fight. He lost. I watched the Saint Denise fight. That was a fight that Dana was really putting over. Like this is a fight you need to watch. These are the two young stars. That fight was great. Uh, and I did watch the last fight, Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland. I think I think that uh, he's trying to follow your lead here, Jess. He's just like I'm. Just gonna say whatever I want from here on out. I don't care what people think. But he's oh, just he saying is. a lot more. But he's but he's saying a lot more wilder shit. Like he, he's just saying whatever the fuck he wants. Uh, give me some thoughts on this fight, Jess. I do have some thoughts on this fight, but I want to start with yours. Uh, I believe both men were strikers. Both men came in, and you you would consider them strikers. Um, Magam. Uh, Magomedov, excuse me, uh, is you would think that because he has a big, you know, like he kind of looks like he's dancing. Well, he's not. So uh, he he's not really he's not he's you know not really a wrestler, um, striker. He's got he's been he's got thirty he's got over thirty fights. So you know the guy's experience. John Strickland came in and he just kind of like it was a very slow first round, a, a feel out round, if you will. Yep. Uh, both men just trying to test the waters, see who where they were going to be most comfortable. Uh, second round came out. Uh, it was pretty quick. In the second round, Sean Strickland gave him a quick pop right up the middle, knocked him back into the cage, gave him a couple more shots, finished him on, finished him on the ground. Uh, Sean Strickland looked like Sean Strickland. I don't want to say that he looks great because it's. I think for me, there's that mid level fighter that can always look really good against other mid level. And that's where I play Sean Strickland. If Sean Strickland was to fight Izzy, if he was to fight Perea, if he was to fight any of these top five dudes, he's going to lose. And he has lost some of these guys. So I don't think that Sean Strickland's ever going to necessarily be in the title hunts. But in this case, if you keep him in this level, he's going to be able to rack up some wins. If you told me the thought process for this fight was, Let's do a trending up versus trending down with Magnumenov the trending up and Strickland the trending down. On paper, it, it kind of felt that way, but uh, I agree with what you said. It, it seemed to me like after the first round, it was pretty obvious that Magnumenov was not going to get any takedowns, but he also wasn't great defensively. He doesn't really roll with punches. He just kind of sticks a guard up. <clears throat> and Sean was going, all right, if this is the defense you're going to play, I'm just going to fire fives and sixes and one or two of these are going to get in. And, and the thing that Sean was doing that impressed me was he was chopping the tree down. He wasn't, he, there was never really that one big definitive punch that you've been seeing so much in combat sports where you're like, damn, that's the punch that finished him. That's, that's the, the punch, the kick, the strike. He was just beating him up. He was beating his body up. And then towards the end there, those finishing sequences, again, he was throwing heavy combinations. And although all of them weren't landing, some of them were enough of them were. Um, Magdomenov was in a really weird position and Strickland threw a great right hand that caught Magdomenov. And that was pretty much the difference in the fight. 
Um, he wasn't able to recover. He went down really awkwardly, and Sean just finished there. He just he just fired, fired, fired until they stopped the fight. So credit to Sean. He's in that really weird spot. He's much like a Vittori. I don't know yeah. what he could do with that. Don't know what he could do with that weight class. Don't know if he could fight with the elite. I think we're going – I think in his mind, he thinks – you know, my, my last really bad loss was to a guy that's now going to be fighting for the 205 belt soon. So so maybe I still got something here at 185. Uh, time will tell. But, I, but uh, you know, at this point, one of those unique scenarios where you got to fight to stay alive. Don't know if this was a lose-or-leave-town fight for him, but it keeps his name in the mix. And, and in these scenarios, sometimes at this weight class, you just got to keep your name in the mix. Yeah, a win, a, like we say it a lot. A win's a win. A win keeps you moving forward. You know what I mean. So it keeps you in the mix. It keeps you there. It, gives, it keeps you. Relevant. It keeps you with the roster spot, and that's all that really matters. Should we look forward to this upcoming UFC card? Should we just hop right into this UFC 290? We should, and we should start with a couple of fights on the ABC, ESPN. ESPN prelims yes because I, I like two of these there's a couple of fights on this on the prelims card that like first one shocks me because of the one of the competitors being on a prelim it shouldn't shock me because he's like 45 years old now but yeah but uh i want to start off with uh, the fact that jack Madalena has had the worst luck coming up into this card he's been ready to fight he was supposed to fight i can't remember who his original opponent was that dropped out He's his agent or manager sent uh, emails to half a dozen plus other camps and said, Hey, we're looking for a fighter for Jack. All these athletes came back and said, no, we're not doing it. Including uh, uh, um, a couple of uh, yep. middleweights, which is probably not or wealth weights that probably didn't, you know, work out that Jack Madeline is like probably top 10, maybe by now. Yeah. He's in that unique spot. He finally found a guy, Josiah Harrell, seven fights and seven wins, no losses. Jack Della Maddalena is definitely an up-and-coming guy, and I feel like this should be a wash for him. I don't know anything Ooh. about Harrell, but <laughs> I will tell you, I've seen enough Jack Della love everything about this guy, and I think that it should be a wash. I'm going to go TKO in the first round. The only thing I can say about Harold is it looks like he's one of these guys that has a lot. He has knockouts or submissions in all of his fights at the lower level. So UFC jitters fighting a straight up up and comer, like you said, a hungry type of cat that's fighting his way from top 10 into top five. And uh, Jess, I don't blame any of these guys. If that contract short term comes around and you've only got 10 days, 14 days to get ready for a fight like that, I, I think every fighter that turned this fight down that is ranked below him did the right thing. Oh, 100%. Uh, around him, you, you just don't take a fight against someone this dangerous. Uh, I'm with you. a guy who's had a full training camp. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. I think uh, Della Magdalena wins, I don't want to say easily, but I do think he does win in the first round or two. I see there's a, either a knockout or a stoppage there. Um, I think this this young kid's going to have some issues under the bright lights, which happens again. It's truly his, his first fight here, so we'll see. UFC jitters are for 
You uh, gotta hope. Like, you got. You gotta hope that this is one of those handshake deals where he takes the fight, and Dana goes, "Well, if you get, you know, win-win. If you if you win, fantastic. You beat a top ten guy. You lose. We'll give you another shot here, two three months down the road, because you stepped in for us. So we're gonna do you that solid and get you a real yeah. fight here with a good training camp. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, is there any fight? I'm I'm obviously gonna head right net right into the Robbie Lawler fight. Is there any other fight mm-hmm. on this prelim card that you want to discuss? Talk about? Anything I think I think I mean we don't have to spend time on it, but I think Crew Manifield will be interesting. Uh, undefeated fighting Chárez ten and four. That's got some legs to it, but a lot of the stuff you know you don't want to say it's filler, but it's it's nothing for us to spend a ton of time on yeah. here, especially for trying to keep it light and tight. Uh, speaking of which. On the Robbie Lawler, I'll keep this one light and tight. They're putting them on the prelims because much like we talked about the other day, Jess, you've got to have some star power here when you're putting these shows on and you're not only trying to sell a pay-per-view, but you're putting it on the big network here, right? I think Robbie Lawler is a, is, is a, a I don't want to say a household name because household names in MMA, I think, are so limited. There's probably four or five fucking total and two of them are pro wrestlers, if you're thinking Brock <laughs> and Ronda Rousey. But I, w- I, I would say he's more of a, a, a casual. Every casual knows who Robbie Lawler is. Uh, I don't think he's got a great chance against Nico Price, so I'll give you my winner right now. I got Price uh, knockout round two. Jess, who you got? I'm going against the grain here. I'm going old man Lawler. I think we're going to have one last knockout. Lawler's going to come in. He's going to catch him uh, as, as Price. I actually think Price is going to be the aggressor because he's going say, well, I'm fighting an older guy. Let's see. Let's test what he's got left in the skill set. Let's, <clears throat> let's test in the gas tank. I don't know how much gas tank Robbie Lawler has, so Lawler's going to attempt to try to finish this fight quick. I think he's going to catch Price coming in and finish him on the ground, TKO. I I'm going to go as far as to say there's more than a 50-50 chance that Lawler hangs him up in this fight. So if he gets I, a win, I, he, he has to. Like what what's left if you get a win? Even with the loss, I feel like man, it's like 70-30 like he hangs him up right then and there like but a win, going out on a win with a guy like Lawler, we've seen so many of our heroes and and you know, like I'm talking about guys we end up with bad losses having to put the gloves in the middle of the ring or the cage, and just kind of walk away from it with that bad, nasty loss. I don't think Lawler wants to go out like that, but Lawler can be one of those guys that gym, a UFC gym, he gets to open or work at. He gets to be a trainer at his camp. He gets to do a lot of things. Hopefully, he's put some money aside. I'm going to go old school Lawler, TKO in this. I'm going to go first round because I'm not – Nico Price is a beast, and he's definitely an up-and-coming guy. The old man, one last go. Lawler's last uh, five fights: uh, lost to Askren, lost to Covington, lost to Magny, <laughs> win against Diaz. There's that Nick fight that we that we all just got. It was I wish either fight. one of those guys would have took the fight in hindsight. And uh, lost to Barbarena, and I swear we were all like, "That's a winnable fight." We were all like, when we did this pod, we were like, "No, that's a winnable fight for Robbie. That that might be the one." Um, Man, please let Robbie win this fight just so he can walk away with MMA us. gods. If you're listening, with, hook us please. up one last time, at least. For, at please least let Lawler just go out with a win, please. 
Emma Megas, we're gonna take our July chips and we're gonna ask if you could cat if we could redeem them today. We know it's only the third of July and we've still got twenty seven days left in other fights and other combat sports. But we can we please redeem these today for our boy Robbie Lawler because we just want to see him go out the right way. We we're tired of seeing Father Time once again. Uh, be a, a skull collector, a mask oh. collector, like they have in AAA, just walking <laughs> away with another luchador's mask. Uh, Jazz, let's go to the main card here. This main first card. fight, dude, this first fight's got a little bit of sizzle, a little bit of pop. Even though Nicole is an enormous favorite taking on Gore, Jazz, who you got? You know, I, I, I'm saying I like Trishon Gore not to win, but I do like Trishon Gore. His game is good. He's all around good. He's got a good grappling. Game. He's got a very strong standing game. I think that he's going to give Nickel fits. And the only way that he's going to keep this fight going his way, and even if he, if he can potentially pull off the upset win, he has to keep this standing up. Yep. But I don't see it happening that way. Bo is smart enough. MMA smarts that if he's standing up with a guy who's better than he is at the stand-up game, then he's going to attempt takedowns and use that great submission grappling game and try to finish it there. That's where I think it gets ended. I'm going to go second round submission call gets the win over Gore. This is clearly a, we want Nicole to have a not a notch step above in competition every time we see him and this is just that fight this is a perfect striker versus grappler fight he should be able to take Gore down I don't want to say easily I don't want to say at will but he should be able to take him down he should not be trying to gamble and see where his stand up is yet with a guy like Gore because Gore can kick or punch your head off um, but I don't like Nicole and I like him in the first round. I do think he's able to get that sneaky trip type takedown there three, four minutes into that first round. And I think Gore is going to panic when it hits the mat. He's going to get submitted. Uh, so I like Nicole, uh, round one submission. I'm waiting for my screen to load. Jess, what's the next fight? Oh, I got it. Next, in here. next fight, Jalen Turner, who I'm very high on. I love Jalen Turner. Turner. This is Dan, the hitman or the hangman hooker. This is uh, a great fight. This is a great fight. Like I said, this card is amazing card. Like even some of the prelims that we didn't mention, I believe are going to end up being very strong. Okay, competitive yes, I, fights. I, I've got backup now. So Turner's slight favorite. Who you got? Like Jalen Turner, he's just uh, he's the younger, far superior, more athletic fighter. He's got that long, huge, like John Jones type reach. He uses his kicks very specifically. He doesn't necessarily throw them for power, but he will if he has the shot. He definitely likes to keep the distance so he can keep that length running in uh, his his favor. Uh, Dan Hooker is he's just a brawler. Like, he can be uh, technical, but he prefers to get into these brawling fights. And a brawling fight against a guy like Jalen Turner is not the way to go. I'm going to go TKO, second round, Jalen Turner. I really feel like this could be the upset of the night. I just don't have the balls to pick it. If, if Turner, if, if, and here we are with the ifs, if Hooker can catch Turner, which I believe he can, with counter strikes. He's a great counter striker. He's a great striker, period. 
And I think this is a great test to see if Turner has that from above average to elite level striking that, that I know when Hooker was at his best, he, he was a, he was a high, high level striker. Um, I'm going to go Turner here. I'm going to go Turner two rounds to one. I think this could be a very competitive fight. And it, of, of all the fights I'm looking at here, this would be the fight that surprised me the least if the underdog won. Uh, just let's go to the next fight here. Uh, I always butcher the first name. Is it Drew DePlice? What is DePlice's first name? Is it Drew? I, am I am I fucking pronounce it Drakus Duplessis? Drakus Duplessis. I have no idea mm-hmm. if that's the correct way. He's that's how it, on... in my brain, my brain phonetically that's how it is so that's how it is right, no, i think you're right i think i was calling him drew because i was getting his name fucked up Apologies. edit that right on out Drykus duplessis versus robert whitaker robert whitaker from what i am looking at here i believe is going to be our favorite is that correct jess and, and he should be let's just he should. i see I, at, a, at a decent number i'm looking at here who you got uh, I like Robert Whitaker. I, 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 and no one's been in. I mean, there's Robert Whitaker. Every fight he's in is just a. There's not a lot of fights that he ends quick. Usually it's like all, you know, three. He's been in a, a shit ton of five rounds being the champion for, for a while, being in other title fights. So this guy has been hit a lot, but man, I don't know if there's another fighter in. This feels to me like the UFC really needs Duplessis to win this fight because where else do they go with Whitaker? I just I don't know where else they go with him. Like what what else do they do with him? He he he's already beat Cannoneer. He's already beat he's not gonna beat Izzy. He's already beat uh Vittori. He's already beat everyone in this division, so I don't I, I can't look at this fight and go like, yeah, well, there's this, or yeah, well, I just, it, I, it's tricky to me, again, I think, for the sake of the division, for, you know, for Dana, Dana clutching his pearls, if you will, I believe that he really wants Duplice to win this fight, just to have a little bit of a shakeup in the division, and hopefully have someone for Izzy to fight, because clearly, they're, they're going to be going opposite ways here, uh, with the guy that he did, the with his with him winning the title back, he needs guys. He needs some competitors, some competition, someone to keep the division live. So, again, I'm assuming they'd like Duplass to win, but Jeff, I'm much in the same uh, thought process idea that you are in. I think that Whitaker beats him. I don't think Whitaker beats him easily, but I do think Whitaker can do enough, whether it's standing or whether it's avoiding takedowns, or if he's taken down, able to get himself back up. Um, this, to me, just feels like a, a, a two, two, two out of three rounds, if not all three rounds, going to Whitaker. Uh, I like Whitaker in this fight, Jess. So you and I are definitely on the same page here. I believe now... Because, now, because I'm not going to butcher it. Now, this one's tough, too. This is a... These Brazilians. It's pe- Pentoja. Is the J silent? Pendoja? Pentoja? Or is it... It can't be Pantoja. Like Doja Pantoja Cat. sounds Pantoja. like... Uh, Pantoja? Like, like Doja Someone. Cat. It sounds like Doja Cat. 
I know it can't be Pantoja. Uh, I'm looking here at uh, Alexander. He's fighting out of okay. Brazil. It's I like I, I it is kind of a catchy name though when you say it. It is kind of catchy. I just like all right, so Jess, you know me. I'm an enormous Moreno guy, a day one Moreno guy. He loves to put himself in danger in these fights. He loves to exchange with guys. I feel like I don't know enough about our boy Ben Bendoha to say anything positive or negative about him here. So maybe if you've done your research or if you can remember any fights on Bendoha offhand. Please let me know. I am uh, fiercely clicking on his profile, trying to hope it loads while I finish this. But all right, I got something popping up here: twenty-five and five, eighteen finishes. That's pretty impressive. Uh, I do see. Oh, he beat Alex Perez. He also beat my boy, the Raw Dog, uh, Brandon Royval. That was two years ago, though. I'm, and and Royval is back <laughs> on the up and up. Jess, who you got? The the flyweight division is. So, this is why you have a title fight like Alex or like Alexandre Pantoja. Is yes, he doesn't really belong in this fight, but Brandon Figgy basically ruled that that division and really good, good, and then mediocre. But because it's so stacked, you have to put different guys in title fights. You can't have the same three, you know, two or three. Every, every I disagree. I want to see Moreno versus Figgy. Every, hey, I, I want to see. see fight we've fight. talked about that fight before. Like we, can yes. Figgy and Moreno fight. Every yeah. Like, final I, yeah, then someone would win because it'd be eight <laughs> fights to seven because they're just gonna keep splitting the fights. But Pantoja, I think he's just a little over his head. He's got some quality wins, but Brandon Moreno is just—he's such a tough dude. Just being tough, you can see a lot of these guys are tough. Very, very, very skilled fighter on the ground. And to top it off, he's not afraid to take a punch to give a punch. Uh, uh, Alexandre, I don't think, is a striker by nature. I'm going to sit here and say Brandon Moreno is probably going to win third round. He's just going to wear Pinto down. Somewhere between the second and third. You can stop Brandon because Brandon makes mistakes when he runs in with his strikes. He is incredibly diverse and he also he's just so unconventional with his leads and, and his combinations. He throws kicks in a weird flow of his combination. He throws spinning elbows and forearms in like the fourth set of a six punch combination. Like he's just so unique. And I agree with you, Jess. I think somewhere in that third round is where that happens. Unless Pantoja jumps on him or he catches him somewhere in that shuffle, catches him with a counter blow, is able to drop him and then hop on him and finish him. The same way we saw the Bronx do Darius the other week. Uh, I think it's going to be Moreno rolls. Moreno catches them some point in the third round and that combination of attrition. Plus you just been getting beat up by this guy that could pepper you every which way, but loose uh, Moreno knockout round three. We've made it to the championship fight. Jess, I am running so out of time, but it is what it is. 
uh, Volk, <laughs> who is who I mean, we gave the guy his flowers. He went up and he and he took a shot and he lost a lot of rounds, in my opinion. I gotta, I gotta go back and look at that fight. Did I think Volk won that fight? Maybe I'm talking out of my ass right now. Did I think Volk won that fight? I gotta go back and listen to the pod. He's fighting Yair. This is a really good fight. Yair's really good. He's, I mean, he's only got three losses. Uh, Jess, who you got? See, here's the thing: is I, I'm, I, I know that people are very, uh, they are very into Volk, and I know that Volk's come out and said a lot of big things. You know, I'm the best pound for pound guy. I think that even at some point in time, he was ranked pound for pound or close to. Yep. But man, I've not. He's in exciting fights, but I've never seen him win exciting. I mean, he he wins a lot of decisions. He he's in now. Get I get it. He's in a lot of huge title fights all the time. So he's fighting the best of the best, like month in month out. But I'm gonna tell you, I've looked at the records. Yair's beat the same guys he has basically, and I'm telling you, Yair has gotten better. He is he has evolved into his next form of MMA. And like I'm going to go on record right now is to call the upset. Like Yair it. Rodriguez is going to upset Volkanovski. And he's going to win a decision and become the the next champion. I'm calling it right now. I think if you, I think if anything, the proper thing to look at when you look at Year is he's the guys he's beaten are all top tier guys, and the guys that he's lost to, at least his two losses, they're not slouch losses. It's a Frankie Edgar doctor stoppage. It's a Max Holloway loss at a decision. No shame in that. And a loss really early in his career, like 10 years ago. But when you look at, he knocked out Ortega. He beat Jeremy Stevens. He knocked out Chang Young Sung. He knocked out BJ Pan. He beat um, uh, Bruce Leroy. He knocked out Andre Philly. He beat Dan Hooker. There's a lot of fights in here where he's beaten top-tier competition. So you saying, Jess, I, you saying I think that he wins. I don't know if it's a it's an upset upset like my eyes wouldn't fall out of my head type level upset. It would be a you know what it's just it's year's time. But I I don't know where he beats Volk because I think Volk is a little faster and I think Volk's a little bit better in every area whether it's on the ground, whether it's standing, whether it's kicks. If anything, year's year can beat him by just being the taller fighter. Be I think Yair also throws harder punches. I, I, Volk can throw. They both throw, uh, they both throw really they, hard. They both throw tough. But, like, I'm just saying, I've seen the evolution. I've seen Volk get to the top of the mountain, and I've seen him kind of stay there. He's been he's been s- s- kind of settled. And I've not seen anything new from him. He In his last two or three fights, whether he wins or loses. He took a, he took a big just, challenge going up last night. He gets he gets beat up a lot, and I'm telling you, I think that Yair, I, if I'm gonna give Yair anywhere uh, as far as like being better than Volkanovski, I think that he's got a tad bit more pop in his gloves. And Volk needs to be careful because he's been in a lot of fights where you use the word attrition, and every fight that he's had for the past probably ten fights have all been battles of attrition. He's taken a lot of shots, a lot of battle damage. And Yair has been able to come out on top early in a lot of his fights and take a little bit less damage. And like you said earlier, he's ta- he's taken on just top-tier competition. One of his, his early losses was way early in his career. He lost a battle to Max Holloway, which Holloway's a lot like Robert Whitaker. He's going to win by just throwing uh, like a bunch of shots at you. 
and he's going to land a lot of shots. And that's kind of how he beat uh, Yair. I think this is not necessarily like the era of Yair, okay? I think that he's going to get this win, and then the division's just going to kind of cycle through. But it's going to be fresh blood for now. I do think it's an upset because Volkanovski's talked a lot of shit about how he's the greatest athlete in the world and he's the best champion the UFC has. And and I'm just going to say that's what's going to make it the upset. There's a lot of talk from Volkanovski's camp that he should be pound for pound. Well, Yair's going to come in. He's pretty fresh. I think that Yair's going to take a, a five-round decision. I'm trying so hard to look at Volk's info and this tablet I'm using is just an absolute piece of shit. So shout out to my kid for ruining it. Um, all right. Uh, so <laughs> if you look at Volk's last 12 fights, by the way, and I'm going to go back to 2018, uh, win over Elkins, KO Mendes, win over Aldo, win over Holloway, win over Holloway, win over Ortega, knocked out Chang Gung Sung, uh, win over Holloway, and he lost the decision to Makayev. And we all know Makayev is cutting weight going down. And Volk yeah. was going up. So I, I I don't want to discredit anything that Volk's done. And I and of I course and not. I see and I see where where your head's at. I, I, I just disagree. I think this is Volk's fight. Let's spend a few moments on Dame. We could do free agent stuff all day, but I personally am running a little bit. Dame is the hot button topic. Uh, He's really the only thing that we need to talk about right <laughs> there's now. There's no reason to talk about Kyrie going back to the Mavs. No. I know you want to talk AR-15, Jess. I want to say this about Austin Reeves, a.k.a. AR-15. You are now paid to play like a perennial all-star. So being a 12-point cat, 12 points a game cat, ain't going to get it done when you're getting paid when you're getting paid. You got to be averaging somewhere between 17 and 20. You got to be pulling down somewhere between six to eight boards. And you've got to be successful. This is no longer the Lakers going, well, this is our guy. He's a homegrown talent. So we 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 love him. And we love him at his price. There's no more of that. Now he's getting paid. So he's now, paid. And, and so when you start getting paid like that, you're going to start getting those critiques. And, and the critiques are always going to end with, well, this guy just got fucking paid. Why is he playing like this? Just I'm just going to throw in one one thought is I believe that he's a LeBron guy. I, I believe that LeBron likes him. He likes playing with him. And that's the reason he got paid what he got paid. LeBron probably went to the Lakers, said, hey, Miss Bus, he's a good dude. He does everything I say. He goes, he Ubers my food for me. He, you know, he, he, he washes my hair. He sprays, he sprays a, on the hairline. There's a, there's a reason good. Mario Chalmers got paid in Miami. There's exactly. a reason Tristan Thompson got paid in Cleveland. There's a reason that Austin Reeves is getting paid in LA because they're LeBron guys. And if LeBron you guys. like and love playing with LeBron and he like and loves playing with you and he likes your character and he has you over for fucking Taco Tuesday, you're gonna it's gonna be <laughs> very beneficial to your bottom line with regards to generational wealth. Uh, Jess, the last time we did a podcast, we said we don't think that Dave is going to get traded. I doubled down, and I said there are two players I don't believe are going to be traded. There's no to talk about it anymore. One, Zion, two, Damon. I was wrong about Dame. Uh, what do you think, Jess? Give me some scratch of service thoughts here on Dame. 
I mean, part of me wants to say there's still a, a there's still a way that Dame doesn't get traded. He's still on a contract. No, I agree. I think he's got three years left. He's he doesn't have a no trade clause, or or he does have a no trade clause. I think he's gonna have to waive that. Yep. Uh, so there's a lot of moving pieces when it comes to Damian Lillard. And there's a lot of teams, any team in the NBA would love to have a Damian Lillard, but I think it comes down to the fact that he personally mentioned, I would like to go play in Miami with Bam and Jimmy. But from what I'm hearing, Miami don't have what it takes to pull off a trade mm-hmm. that Portland likes. Yep. And and you said, I think you tweeted earlier, uh, yeah, maybe it was yesterday, you had said, hey, I love that the Blazers GM is not just giving him away. Mm-hmm. He's holding his ground. He's standing pat. He's standing firm saying, hey, you're going to give us exactly what we want or there ain't shit that you can do about it because he's <laughs> under contract. And that's exactly what uh, I believe his name's Joe Cronin. Cronin is doing there in Portland. He's telling these teams, this is what I want from you in order for us to give you Damian Lillard. If you cannot give us that, you do not get Damian Lillard. In the Miami Heat, they're basically trying to shuffle off Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and some draft picks, and the Blazers are saying, uh-uh, you ain't getting it for Tyler Hero and you ain't getting it for Duncan Robinson. We want a star player or we want a bunch of players and a bunch of picks. You give us either set A or set B or you get nothing. And he's holding firm. I love to use the Bill Simmons uh, comparison here. When you look at trades and you look at a guy like Dame Lillard, I look at Dame as a dollar bill. And I know we're going to do the Dame dollar comparison. It's too easy. <laughs> but I look at him as a, as, a, as, a, as a dollar bill. When I have a dollar bill in my hand, I'm never going to trade it for a silver dollar. I'm always going to want to keep the dollar bill. I'm not going to want four quarters because I want my dollar bill. I'm not going to want two fifty cent pieces. I'm going to want my dollar bill. When it comes to Dame being traded, this needs to be the thought process. I need to get a dollar bill for a dollar bill, or I need to get a dollar bill and a nickel and two dimes and a quarter. I need to get equal or more value. Now, if this is going to be a scenario where I'm getting a 50 cent piece, a quarter, you know, however, however you would take draft picks in the first round. Well, those are quarters that could become, uh, you know, they could become uh, 50 cent pieces. They can also become nickels. You never know. There just has to be that fair equation when you are trading a franchise guy. I understand we've seen some guys recently get traded to teams that they want. And I understand we've also seen trades where we go, well, how did they pull that off? They're not getting anything back here for that player. They're not getting the equal value. They're not getting a, a dollar for a dollar, if you will. Every trade is different. Some trades are salary cap related and whatnot. This has to be, again, a dollar for a dollar or something as close as possible. I know there ain't no such thing as a 75-cent piece, but if you can get you a 75-cent piece, a quarter, another, you know, a dime, take that. But most importantly, you do not trade Dame for lesser value. And when I say lesser value, I'm talking specifically about Tyler Hero and whatever else in the uh, Duncan Robinson and draft picks. Hell no. no that is no way. That, that is 
you are trade you are trading your dollar for four quarters. You don't do that. You're not going. You're not. You you're not fucking doing that. I what I and again in my I sent another tweet yesterday and I and this is where I'm at. Unless it's a Zion, unless it's a Jalen Brown, unless it's a Sean Gillius Alexander, unless it's a guy that I know I have a, a, a Maxi, unless it's a guy that I know is going to be a perennial All Star for the next four years. Because that's what Dame's going to be regardless. He's going to be a perennial all-star for the next four years. Then I'm hanging up the fucking phone. I don't want five years worth of draft picks from a team that's going to be drafting 25 to 30 every year. I don't want a, a fucking a bunch of expiring contracts. I don't want that. I need value for value. And if you can't give me that, hang up the phone. And just like you said, Jess, at the end of the day, if I talk to 29 teams and 29 teams can't give me what I want, then I'm going to have to make that 30th call to Dame and say, listen, how are we figuring this out? Because you ain't going nowhere. I don't want this to turn into a Ben Simmons scenario where you're sitting for, you know, three weeks, six weeks, nine weeks. But we recognize your value. And if we ain't getting what we want back for you, we're sorry. We we ain't letting you go. No, I absolutely agree. Uh, it's a great analogy. There's no way you would give somebody a dollar and and take on fifty cents. It's just it's just not it's not fair to the Portland franchise. This is one of those rare chances a franchise has to completely flip their franchise to trending up instead of trending down. And and Dame just had one of he just had a career year. He averaged thirty two points a year a game last year, thirty two points. This is not a guy that you give away for Duncan Robinson, who averages like eight, and Tyler Hero, who averages like eighteen off the bench. You you don't do that. That's not how it works. This is their opportunity to either a get an incredible package back in order to completely flip that franchise trending up, or what you do is use all these negotiations to have a back burner deal for some side pieces to come in and play with Dame next season. There it is, Jess. Hit the wrap it up button. All right, folks, everybody who listened to the show, thank you very much. Shout out to Variety Sports at Variety underscore sports underscore. Shout out to uh, uh, Fadeaway Sports. Yeah. Shout out to Bad all boy, the people. Fadeaway Sports. Uh, thank you. We've had a lot of interaction with those guys lately on Twitter, on the Twitter feed, even though it may only go up to 600 views. Who knows? Uh, shout out to everybody else we love. Uh, Brian. Yes. Don't forget uh, Super Smash MMA, our guy there. Yeah, Super, at Super Smash MMA. Shout out to all of our regular boys, Chef Shay Rollins, Owlin with an O. Jimmy uh, Evans, zero. Stan Horn. Jimmy, hey, big, bad boy Jimmy Evans. Yes, the bad Jimmy, boy Jimmy thank Evans. You. You still, you still rocking it with the, uh, you know, the shout outs and stuff and the porn. We love you. Thank you. Um, and that's everybody it. else who listens to the show. That's uh, it. That's I got to go. Happy for the happy July. Freedom, we love happy Freedom Weekend, folks. Peace, Peace guys.